Howdy, folks. This is Titan Gonzalez, host of Locked On Mariners here. Wanted to jump on real quick before we start our show just to warn you that today's episode, there were a bit of technical issues upon listening back to the audio file. There's some weird cuts, some weird sounds in my audio file. I really, really apologize for that. I tried to edit it as best as possible to make it as cohesive as possible, but there is some weird little jumps and cuts in there. So I do apologize for the inconvenience and how annoying that might sound. But nevertheless, we had a ton of fun recording this episode talking about Robbie Ray and what's to come for the Mariners this offseason. So enjoy the show. You are locked on Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. I am your host, Tidying Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also some non-baseball talk twice a week. And if you want to hear more free agency talk, visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on today's episode of Lockdown Mariners. However, we'll be breaking down the signing of Robbie Ray. What are the Mariners getting in the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner? We're also going to be talking about what's next for the Mariners ahead of the impending lockout. And who knows, maybe something will break during the show and we have to call an audible just like we did yesterday when the Ray news came down. And if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So, Colby, you know, we had to quickly back to the news yesterday. But now that we've had some time to decompress here and, and take a step back and analyze the deal as a whole, how are we feeling? Uh, just as good as yesterday. Uh, why wouldn't you be feeling that good? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the it appears that the. Uh, the deal is as expected. It's it's five years, $115 million, $23 million a year. Uh, full no trade clause for the first two years uh, and break and opt out after three. Um, it's just seems like a great deal for, for the Seattle Mariners uh, and a pretty good deal for Robbie Ray as well, uh, especially when you consider that, you know, we thought they were willing to go 20, 21, 22 a year on Kevin Gossman for five years. Um, to get Robbie Ray, who I would say is better, but is at the very least in the same tier as as mm-hmm. Gossman, uh, on just a little bit more uh, guaranteed money, is uh, is a steal. And uh, you know, it's it sounds like we should expect an official announcement uh, at any moment, really, um, and a press conference tomorrow is what it yep. sounds like. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. Hopefully there's no snags, but I, I would feel pretty good about this uh, this crossing the finish line. And uh, it's it's a deal that you really can't complain about if you're a rational Mariner fan. Yeah, it's a, a really strong deal. I mean, you look at just the player that they're getting, the compensation, the length of the deal for a guy that's coming off of a Cy Young award. And obviously this is really the first year that he's truly popped. But even then, you know, I didn't really think that they were going to be in the market for the upper pitcher. I was pretty surprised to hear them in the market for Kevin Gossman. And then to see the Ray deal come pretty much out of nowhere uh, was 
pretty stunning for me personally. But um, you look at the steal. I mean, it's it's very reasonable for you know what the situation really is with Ray, which is again a guy that has always had swing and miss stuff, but has struggled with the command, struggled with walks historically. He gave up a ton of home runs in 2020, but came back in 2021, figured things out mechanically, and ended up winning a Cy Young award. But still, that's one year of production, and so that has to kind of be viewed realistically here, and I felt like it was. I feel like that's very reflected, very much reflected in this deal what does Ray add to this team in general? And what is this, what is the kind of statement the Mariners just made by signing him? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Ray's only done this once, but it's not like it was just a Mm -hmm. fluke of happenstance. There was, um, there were substantial changes made uh, by Robbie Ray and his delivery in his mechanics. Um, So it's not like it just happened to be a year where everything clicked for him. He made, you know, substantial changes and it, they appear to have paid off. So uh, that gives me a little bit more hope that these are maybe not a hundred percent repeatable, but that what we saw from Robbie Ray in 2021 is mostly who he's going to be uh, going forward. I, I don't think he's a uh, an ace. I, I would struggle to even call him a number one at this stage, but he's a, a very strong number two, and I think you should expect that if you're a Mariner. That's you know low three ERA, lots of strikeouts. He's going to give you six innings every time out. Um, he's kind of similar to to James Paxton when Paxton was at his best mm-hmm. and healthy um you know just throws hard got a nasty breaking ball mixes in some other pitches but it's mostly fastball slider um and for Pax it was fastball cutter or slider mm-hmm. depending on who you ask um and the occasional knuckle curve so mm-hmm. they they're actually very similar um in terms of style so if if you're looking for a Mariners comp it's think about James Paxton in 2018 at his very best. And that that's pretty much who Robbie Ray is. Um, as for what it does, uh, certainly sends a message, uh, to the rest of the American league and to the rest of the free agents out there that the Mariners are very serious about this. Um, they've added an all-star and Robbie Ray. (laughs) Um, interestingly enough. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty good start. It's, it sends a message to the rest of the league, Mm -hmm. um, that the Mariners are serious they're willing to spend money. Um, and Hey, you know, they're willing, they're willing to throw out the playbook from the past where DePoto would never offer things like no trade clauses or opt outs. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Ray got both. So, um, I, I think it shows a willingness to be flexible on DePoto's part a willingness to spend money on the Mariners ownership part. Um, and you know, that's reflected based on the names we're still hearing being connected to the Mariners. Um, and, and still feeling like they're probably going to get one of those bigger names left on the market still. Very, very exciting time to be a Mariners fan right now. Uh, a lot of fun rumors swirling about, and the Ray deal, I mean, is just, it's really, really, really exciting. I, we, you and I both, when we learned of the, uh, the news during recording, um, just absolutely kind of lost it. It was just a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, outcome here uh, that neither one of us really expected, but Hey, I mean, that's where we are right now. And uh, it's a great deal for the Mariners um, for on all accounts, really uh, for everything that we listed. We're going to talk more about Ray because we are, like I said, we're incredibly stoked about this deal in just a moment. 
But real quick, I want to remind you, this episode of Locked On Mariners is not only brought to you by BetOnline.ag, but also DirecTV. BetOnline has you covered all year long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino game, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do every day we greatly appreciate the support Let's continue talking about Robbie Ray here because it's it's Ray Day here on Locked On Mariners. Colby, you talked a little bit about his repertoire. Uh, fastball slider guy for the most part. Opponents hit 222 uh, in slug 431 off of his fastball last year. 173 and a 320 slugging percentage off of the slider. He mostly used the curveball and the changeup against righties, of course, as a lefty. Um, what did you, now that you've had, uh, you know, some more time to look into him and look into the year just had now that he's a member of the Mariners, obviously knowing that there were some mechanical changes and all that stuff, have you noticed a difference or have you at least learned of what the differences might be from definitely made some mechanical changes. I I think there's a change in his setup. Um, it's, it's interesting that the changes to me weren't obvious. I did try and look at some of this. They weren't obvious to me, but again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a trained pitching coach. So, um, mm. it, it, it's, there were a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of reports that, uh, he got a little bit more athletic. Uh, he got a little bit more, a little loose, a little bit looser, um, with his, uh, with his lower half. Uh, and, uh, it, it sounds like a lot well, of this is pants. what, not with his pants. No, no, uh, certainly half. not. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> certainly not. But uh, no, it, it sounds like uh, a lot of this really happened with his with with his lower half. Uh, it was, um, it, it, it sounds like again, like most pitching, it's it came from the ground up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if your lower half's not in sync, then the rest of it really doesn't matter. So it sounds like mm-hmm. there was quite a bit of work that went into. Uh, just making sure that his lower half was stable and that uh, he could repeat his delivery, um, you know, more. Uh, basically, he had a steadier delivery is what I'm trying to say. It was just right. repeatable and easier um, and uh, it worked. 
So knowing what we know about Mariners pitching development, both at the minor league and major league levels, uh, they've been able to raise the floors and ceilings of a lot of guys under the Jerry DePoto regime um, with Scott Service and, and Pete Woodworth and all these guys. Um, do you think there's another step that they could help Robbie Ray take to sustain this kind of level of production? Do you believe them to be able to do something like that? I don't think they're going to want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of the classic, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, and, you know, we've seen the Mariners be able to help guys in the past, but those guys were broken. I mean, if you want to be you know real honest about it, you look at the Austin Adams, you look at the Paul Seawald, you look at... Um, you know, you even look at guys like Chris Flexen, uh, those guys were broke and the Mariners fixed them or convinced them that they knew what the fix was. Or in Chris Flexen's case, he kind of fixed himself, but the Mariners did help as the year went on. Right. So, yeah, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And Robbie Ray right now is, is not broken. So just let him do his thing. So do they maybe have an idea here or there? Maybe. But I bet they just kind of let it let it work itself out. I, I think you have to trust Robbie Ray and his track record. And, and the last thing you want to do is take Ray, who's in a good place, and just kind of, all right, let's let's start over here. Or let's let's add this or let's take mm-hmm. this away. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for the team to do that. So looking at this rotation, I mean, um, you know, just one through five. Well, really, they only have four guys right now. They still got to fill one of the openings that was vacated by Kikuchi and Anderson. But one through four right now, um, you know, obviously Ray is the the clear cut best pitcher in that rotation. Um, but what do you what do you think this just his presence does for this rotation in general? Uh, it certainly raises the floor of the rotation mm-hmm. um, and the ceiling. Uh, you know, but I, I think it pushes everybody back down a spot. So you're getting more, you're getting closer to where guys should be in a, in a standard rotation. Marco gets pushed mm-hmm. down to two. He's probably a low end three at best. Uh, you know, flexing gets pushed down to the three as of now. Uh, he's probably a four Gilbert, you know, certainly could be a, a two or even a one someday, but right now you probably want him as your five. Um, and, it sounds like Seattle is going to add another starter. Um, probably a pretty decent one too. So hopefully it's not the Tyler Andersons of the world, which I mean, it's fine, but you still want some middle of the rotation type of impact there, but like for them, they aim higher. Right. And mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things where it's, you don't want to have a real number five in your starting rotation. I mean, obviously you need a guy who pitches mm-hmm. out of the fifth slot, but you want that guy to be like a number four or a three even. Um, and, you know, signing Robbie Ray makes that a lot more uh, realistic because Ray, I, I feel pretty good about calling Ray a two right now. Um, so if he's right. a two, um, Flex and Marco, they're both probably fours and Gilbert kind of the wild card right now. Um, certainly mm-hmm. has, you know, number two upside, maybe even number one upside. Uh, so it, it raises the floor. Uh, it also raises the ceiling. And, depending on who the fifth starter ends up being, it could very well uh, bode, could very well be that the Mariners have built themselves a playoff caliber 
rotation. And by that, I don't mean just, oh, well, maybe they sneak in as a wild card. And and I mean, if they get into the playoffs, they could do some legitimate damage. Um, if, you know, again, if they go get somebody like Montas or, or Chris Bassett or Sean Manaya or mm-hmm. Sonny Gray, um, they're going to, in a three-game series, if they can throw, you know, Ray, Montas, and, and Marco or Gilbert, I, that's that's going to be a, a, a rotation that, that can win you those games. And I think that's uh, that's important. So if the arbitration projections on Adam Frazier, which is $7.5 are accurate, and the Ray deal is just straight up $23 million a year, then the Mariners have committed $30.5 million for 2022 alone uh, with these two deals that they made which pretty much gets them back to where they were at the end of the season. Now with all the free agents that have left, et cetera, Kyle Seager, pretty big chunk of that, of course. Um, obviously they're still in on the big names with, you know, in terms of the infield, Chris Taylor, Chris Bryant, uh, Trevor story, et cetera. Would it surprise you if they made another significant addition via free agency at starting pitcher? No. Who who would you like uh, to see them pitcher, go after? Uh, it's a little different with the starting pitcher qualifier because there's really only one guy left. Um, it's it's Marcus Stroman. Uh, everybody below that, t- I mean Kershaw, but that that's not happening. So just forget about him. Um, so everybody, you know, below Stroman, I would classify as kind of all in the same tier. I mean, Alex Cobb is gone now. Um, Carlos Rodon yeah. is still out there, right? Yeah, but it's it's crazy to me. We haven't heard anything about Rodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely nothing. I believe uh, the Mets were linked started. to him yesterday, two days ago. I, I saw a tweet about yeah. him and Kikuchi together. I, I think it was the Mets. Because, of course. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I've still heard more about Kikuchi than I have uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Rodon. And, and mm-hmm. It sounds like, and this is probably just me reading between the tea leaves here, but it sounds like there are there's a lot of concern about Rodon's shoulder. Um, he missed a big chunk of the season last year with a shoulder issue, um, and when he came back, he was mostly 92, 93 uh, with the fastball after spending most of the year 97 to 99, um, and then he was able to ramp it up for the playoffs in his in his one outing and get back up to 99, but. You know, it's it's not good when you miss time with a shoulder injury and you come back and your fastball is six, seven, eight miles per hour lower mm-hmm. than it was. And I guess you could say it was just him working his way back, but it doesn't seem like major league teams agree with that because if, if they thought that, they probably would have he probably would have a job by now. I mm-hmm. mean, he carries that kind of upside. So right. I, I just I would be super concerned with uh with carlos rodon on anything more than a one or two year deal um just because that shoulder it it seems like it's legitimately scaring teams away Mm -hmm. because like he's got nothing right now nothing working right now so let's talk about what's next Uh, again the mariners are pretty heavily involved in the markets of chris bryant trevor story and chris taylor i've heard all those three guys consistently linked to them over the last few days colby i'm just going to ask you this right now straight up who do you prefer between bryant taylor um and story story. uh 
I think Bryant's the best fit. Um, I think story probably carries the most upside. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think Taylor's probably the most underrated. I mean, I, I saw you on the poll and Taylor had like 1% out of 150 voters. I get it. Yeah, I ran a poll today and it's still ongoing. And uh, if you're listening to this, you can vote on it until tomorrow uh, at LO underscore Mariners. Uh, right now, at the time of this recording, it has exactly 500 votes. Um, and uh, Chris Bryan is leading uh, with 65.4% of the vote. Trevor Story has 32.6% of the vote. Chris Taylor has 2% of the vote, which is, like you said, pretty surprising here because Taylor honestly might make the most sense just given the comments that Jerry DePoto has made about versatility and everything along those lines. Plus, he can play a little bit of center field. They frankly need right now, and there aren't many options on that front. So for me personally, I would probably go with story here just because of the upside and you figure it out later. If he can play second base, if he can play third base, all that stuff, whatever. Um, but I'd be happy with any of these guys, really. I mean, these are three really good ball players. Obviously, Brian and story are probably in a, in higher tier than Taylor, but Taylor is a very good baseball player still. Yeah. He's also going to be the cheapest, which I know people love to say, you know, that's, that's not a good reason to sign somebody and it's not unless it's to help you sign somebody else. You know what I mean? Like if, if we saw this morning, hobby Baez got six years, $140 million. I would not feel comfortable giving that to Trevor story. And I'm not all that comfortable giving that to Chris Bryant. So, right. I mean, if, if you're talking about, well, is, I mean, is Chris Taylor going to get six and one forty? No, absolutely not. He's not getting a hundred million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if he did. Uh, so, is the difference between Story and Bryant and Chris Taylor literally twice the money? Because there, there's a chance that Taylor only gets like four and sixty. I think he's going to get four right. between four and sixty and four and eighty. And if you're telling me I can have that guy, or I can pay, you know. 160 million 140 million dollars to to trevor story or chris bryant i'd rather take taylor and then probably go spend that money like basically what it comes down to is this really would you rather have chris bryant or trevor story and or sorry would you rather have chris bryant or trevor story by themselves or chris taylor and michael conforto like, and I'm probably flatter, honestly, because I mean, you have needs that like, you have more needs to fill than just third base or second base or, or whatever that's going to be right with, with story or Brian. Um, and we've talked about this at length with both of these guys in the buildup to this off season. And now that we know that the Mariners are heavily involved in their markets, um, I still feel the, the same exact way. Now, does that mean that if, I mean, even if they give out a contract like that, the the ones that you and I are both uncomfortable giving, I mean, I'm still going to be excited that they got the player, right? Chris Bryant or Trevor Story. Um, but, I mean, you just, you look at the the way that this roster is right now, how it's constructed right now, it's just more holes. And if Bryant or Story ends up eating up most of your money or, or, or and, and basically inhibits you from doing other things but whereas taylor opens up the possibility of adding a conforto or maybe adding a stroman or someone like that i'm probably taking taylor because i think the combination of 
those two guys of Taylor plus Conforto or Taylor plus Stroman or whatever, it's probably going to be more valuable at the end of the day than Story alone or Brian alone. Um, at least there's a shot. Yeah, I, I would bet pretty heavily on that. Yeah. I mean, like, what what is Chris Bryant a safe bet to be? Probably a four-win player. I feel pretty good about that. Story yeah, three, probably player. roughly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Taylor by himself is probably a two and a half one player. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like okay. So let's say you're very optimistic and you say, um, you know, Bryant's a five one player. Okay. Well, Michael Conforto is probably a two and a half one player. Chris Taylor is probably at least a two and a half one player. Mm-hmm. So I get the same five wins. But now I feel two holes in my lineup instead of one. Yeah, and then you can still address like, third base, right? Because I mean, like, I don't know if Adam Frazier would be your third baseman. I don't know if Chris Taylor would be your third baseman, whatever. But like, you could go trade for Matt Chapman at that point, and then at that point, tri- Matt Chapman probably makes better sense than he did initially. Um, because he's probably what your second bat right that you got. So that's fine. Third best bat. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, Again, it's it's not ideal, but I find what's the offensive contract that you absolutely believe the Mariners should have signed? The offensive player. There is hasn't been Eduardo Escobar. I said often Escobar. Yeah, that's about what we had him at. But if you're if you're going after Chris Bryant, if you're going after, you know, Matt Chapman, who Brian Divish has said the Mariners are interested in. And you want to take yeah. that shot rather than rather than commit the money right away to Escobar. I get it. So, right. Yeah, I just I look at it and I go, well, you're not going to give like they're no, you're not going to convince me that you would be, you would have been happy, not you, Ty, but people. Yeah, if the yeah. Mariners had given Javi Baez six and one forty, like come on, that that's a ridiculous contract to give to Javi Baez, and giving seven years to Marcus Simeon, get out of here. So. Mm-hmm. That's really been it. There's been a few smaller signs. The Jan Gomes contract, I suppose, is something the Mariners could have done. But like, are you broken up yeah. about it? No. So yeah, I, I, to me, there's still plenty of time, um, and there's plenty of, uh, of choices and opportunities. And again, people seem to be ignoring the trade route right now, which I get it because free agency is going hot and heavy right now. But I, Seattle's still going to trade. They're going to yeah. make trades. And the Mariners going to still get... have many bullets, many bullets to fire. They, um, you could argue they haven't even fired any yet. Like yeah, I, really. Kerr and Rozier are both fine. Like I, I like both of them, but they're lottery tickets. I mean, th- those are, mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are like twenty-two like caliber. Like th- those aren't those aren't anything. Those are right. pop. Those are BBs that you fired. Mm-hmm. You still have your bullets, and this this metaphor is making me very uncomfortable. So, um, <laughs> but you, you, you still have a lot of, uh, a lot of firepower for which right, to go yeah. make these big trades. And I would expect that they do some, do some of that. Um, you might have to wait till February, the way things are going, but I would still expect them to make a significant trade, um, to acquire, you know, a fixture in either their lineup or their rotation. Mm. I still think that's coming. So while it's fun to talk about Bryant and Story and Taylor and Stroman, right? And I I think maybe they might get one of those guys. Mm-hmm. 
don't forget about the trade market because it's out there and it's going to play a, a pretty big role, I think. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I, I think they're going to get, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up getting their best piece of the offseason, and that's including Ray via trade. I think there's a non zero. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. And of course, Jerry DePoto is going to be active in the trade market. Are you kidding? <laughs> but now he also has money to spend. See, this was what we were talking about in the build up to this offseason. Jerry DePoto now has freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. He's got all this ammunition, for lack of a better term, in the farm system and has all this money theoretically freed up. And now he's used some of it to go get the reigning AL Cy Young winner. He has used the, you know, a couple of lockets in his farm system and, you know, a projected seven and a half million dollars to get an all-star player. Like that's <laughs> like that, that, and that's might not even be, you know, the best of it, which is really fun to think about. <laughs> it's very fun to think about. And uh, maybe we'll have some more fun over the next 24 hours or so. Lockout doesn't isn't expected to begin until um, tomorrow night at midnight. So still plenty of time for things to happen. It seems like Chris Taylor is going to be signing before Wednesday. So we might get a resolution on that. Seems like Chris Bryant is becoming more open to the idea of signing before the deadline as well or before the lockout as well. Um, there's. Apparently, he's in talks with the Rockies, which is really strange. Um, so we'll we'll see how that happens. And, of course, Story has been a, a big topic of conversation over the last few days. Seemed like he was the Rangers' fallback plan if they didn't land Corey Seager. So now I wonder if he decides to maybe wait it out, reevaluate a situation, or take advantage of where the market is right now, especially after seeing the bias deal. So I feel like we're going to get a resolution on some of these players probably by the time that you're listening to this or a little bit after uh, because there isn't a whole lot of time left, but uh, you know, the still plenty of time for things to, to come together. So, Hey, maybe tomorrow we're talking about a uh, new Mariners player, but um, that's going to do it for our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on lockdown Mariners. Unfortunately, we didn't call an audible during the show. We didn't have to. So nothing happened while we were recording. But maybe something will happen soon. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at pat 11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to join us tomorrow as we talk to Jason Churchill of Prospect Insider in the Baseball Things podcast about the offseason and what the Mariners have done up to this point. But in the meantime, make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.